time travelers! It's been a brief hiatus uh, after that episode that we did after the other brief hiatus. But we are back. And you know what? Inspired by the way that Marvel bravely decided to let women be superheroes after only 21 films. Or Thank 20 you. films. I'm sorry. But Thank you, Marvel. Yes. On behalf of all vagina Americans. <laughs> uh, inspired by their courage. We have also decided to shake up the format of Box Office Time Machine a little <gasps> bit. Shakey, shake, shake. Oh, my goodness. Long story short, audience, you're getting kind of twice the content. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We'll discuss that. And then also, more all, importantly... All exact math calculations <laughs> would be delivered in writing at a later time. And you know what? She can do it. Because women can do like anything. Sisters are doing it for themselves. Oh, they missed that needle drop. Oh, man, because it's not from the 90s. <laughs> all right. We'll be talking about ourselves a lot. But more importantly, we'll be talking about 2019's Captain Marvel. Do do do. Toot toot. Toot toot. <laughs> Come on down, step right into the box office time machine. We'll talk about a movie, perhaps even two. One of them is old and the other brand new. Welcome back. back, dear listener. Oh my goodness. So, um How uh, have you been, John? This has been over a month that hey, we have not seen each goodness. other. Well, that's I mean, yes. Well We don't see each other no. outside the podcast. No, no, no. We were actually at multiple of the same uh, social uh, engagements, but we just hid. Yeah, we we just we can't we're on hiatus. We're all we're saving our best for you, dear <laughs> listener. We don't wanna miss any of the our famous legendary yeah. bits oh so since we we've been saving it up now we can finally let it out veronica how you've been i'm great cool me too uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh so um so yeah uh, a little birdie told me that there's a, a format change and that little birdie was me a minute ago before in during the cold open oh oh wow did you time travel back to hear yourself say it it is, it is an onion of time travel, just peeling back an the layers. An onion of time travel. Layers of time travel. If there's ever a blurb to our podcast, I hope someone calls it the onion of time travel. I'm sure Doc Brown described it that way in at least an episode of Back to the Future, the TV show. Marty! <laughs> it's an onion of time travel. Doc, I don't know. <laughs> oh, what, My Marty's so Jewish. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Doc, I, mean, I don't know. I I gotta go to school. Jeez. Uh, oh. Um. Uh. <laughs> anyway, I so when is this new format? I've heard so much about from us already on this episode. Well, John, we have realized that you know one episode is too little of hashtag content to provide to our listeners. 
And yeah. so we've devised. <laughs> you make it no. You make it sound very cynical. No. A scheme was born, I say, and in it we decided to split the show. We will, and one week you will get an episode of a new brand spanking new box office champ. We're gonna talk about it like we did before. But guess what? On your weeks off, instead of jerking off, you're gonna listen to us talk about an old movie okay this is that robert de niro's character taking over to be clear you can jerk off whenever you want yeah jerk off whenever you want but i mean <laughs> during the show we can't see you go no for it. no do you want us to like give you some mood music please send us some content or like some information about what you like um <laughs> Well, we we decided instead of trying to split every episode. Oh, is this not clear? <laughs> well, we we didn't. We no longer wanted just uh, to, to try to fit two movies into each episode. Now we can talk longer about each movie, and then also you're getting an episode every week. But one thing, and as we are talking about movies a little longer, that also means we're going to go probably a little bit more in depth into the plot. And when I say probably, I mean definitely. So. Uh, Spoiler phobes, uh, while we were already completely spoiling the movies, uh, we will now be spoiling them even more! Da da da! <laughs> yes. uh, Captain Marvel was a scroll the entire time. Oh man, if only. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no, so, okay, that bullshit out of the way. Um, so, yes, let's get to this episode's only movie. Captain Marvel. I don't know. Like I said, um, for the first time ever, Marvel is a fem- having a female lead-led superhero movie. It's uh, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, um, and I, I feel like we just did this a few weeks ago with this. Uh, this podcast is not that long. We've done three Marvel characters, and this is actually the first MCU movie. But that's true. Venom, I- Spider Verse, and this. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like it's. We had like a we've hit a high with Spider Man that I guess I don't expect to return to anytime well, soon. I, I like I feel like we probably just had the conversation, but what is your uh, what is your specifically MCU history going into this movie? Have you seen all, none, some? Uh, I've seen some. I I tried to see the quote unquote good ones, mm. I guess, or the ones that I would find interesting. So I guess. I have not seen the most recent Avengers movie yet. It's genuinely very good. Well, I don't... Here's the thing. It's a defecta of things, I guess. One is that I don't like half movies. So I don't like the first part. Uh, And so... Yeah, so I didn't really want to see this one in theaters knowing that there's a second one that's just like the other half. And the second is that... I'm a semi-frequent plane traveler, and I assumed it was going to be on a plane. (laughs) And this is the kind of movie where it's three hours long, I assume, and, like, you don't really... Those are the scenarios where you don't care about how long a movie Mm -hmm. is because you're fucking trapped in the sky. And then I, like, no flight I was on the past year screened The Avengers, so I never got to see it. But I guess that's... The so, last flight I was on, I, I would say 95% of the passengers were watching Black Panther. Um, so I would say uh, Infinity War is probably now on uh, airplanes. Oh, man, that sucks. 
Well, I guess I better book a flight. <laughs> but uh, so I guess to answer your question more briefly, uh, I saw th- the third Thor because I love Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw Black Panther, all the other Avenger movies, all the Iron Man movies. And uh, oh, I guess all the Captain America movies. Yeah. And I, I on the other hand, have seen some, <laughs> somehow I have seen all 20 of the the Marvel movies leading up to this one. Wow. Um, some I genuinely really liked. Oh, I guess I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy. I guess a shorter answer to her question would have been Most. everything but Thor. Oh, okay. <laughs> or like the first two. Th- I think those are the only two I'm missing. And Do I you guess see the both new- Iron Man? Uh, yes. I knew, knew, knew you've seen the Shane Black one, obviously. Yeah. Knowing you. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I've seen and you know, all of them. Some I didn't really like. Some I... Downright disliked, uh, I would say. What's your least favorite MCU? Um, Avengers Ultron. I really, really? hated it. Um, yeah, it wasn't good. I thought it was just boring and just barely a movie. Um, uh, I loved the first uh, Joss Whedon Avengers film. I thought that was, at that time, I was just genuinely amazed by uh, how they got compelling stories for all these characters. Mm-hmm. Um and I loved the third. I loved uh, Infinity War. And then also, um, my favorite will always be the first Captain uh, America. Really? That's I your genuinely favorite love it MCU so much. movie? Um, wow. Okay. But like, uh, there's another one I didn't like. Oh, I didn't like, like Thor 2. Oh, I really didn't like Iron Man 2. I thought that was pretty mm. bad. Well, it has like a f- pretty badass fight sequence with Black Black Widow. Uh, Widow, which I really Well, like. that, another question. Have you, I've seen zero uh, DC films. I've tried to start a few of them on airplanes, actually. You have not seen Wonder Woman? That's my question. I assume, I have not seen Wonder Woman. I assume uh, you have. That's the only one that I've seen out of that universe. I, I, I mean, I genuinely, The Dark Knight is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh-huh. I've seen it an insane amount of times. But I have been unable to get into this, like, new version of Batman and his friends. Yeah. I've and had... I saw Wonder Woman because, I mean, I mean, I'm also, I guess, full disclosure, Israeli. So it was kind of oh. cool to see Gal Gadot being in a movie. So that was nice. Uh, you're all, you're also, I'll say right now, uh, you, you're going to have to be the designated woman of the episode. I'm also a woman, and we are attracted to woman parts. Yeah, so just so. just know, um, uh, listeners, anytime I share an opinion of Captain Marvel, I've gotten a, a nonverbal confirmation that it's okay for me to say that. <laughs> I've given her a look. She's nodded at me. So I can say um, uh, my thoughts on Captain Marvel. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, you, what, what did you, uh, did you like Wonder Woman? I liked the, I think this is my thing with most superhero movies in general, but it is, uh, that it usually starts off really great and they're all like the same thing with like the Thor movie, but like it starts off like super compelling. I mean, the third one where it's like, it's an interesting character and interesting universe and Mm -hmm. how they interact with the world is great. And that was very true with Wonder Woman. Like she was great, sort of like this fish out of water thing really works. And her dynamic with all the characters was great. 
But then they had to move along with plot, and it's all just like building up to this semi-meaningless confrontation because you know she's gonna have to survive. Yeah, like it. It very like for movies of such an epic scale, they have such like low uh, stakes, you mm. know. Because they kind of all have to survive. I guess maybe that's something the new Avengers that try to subvert in a way. I guess I don't know if we want to spoil that. I Even I know how that one... I think anyone who's okay with us spoiling Captain <laughs> Marvel is also okay with us spoiling Infinity War. But I guess like that's what they tried to imitate with the whole like Thanos thing of mm-hmm. just like, oh, they could die. Yeah. But I mean, even then, we kind of know they're going to be back in the next one. Well, sort of. I guess we'll definitely talk about it when this movie is number one for like a month in a <laughs> row. Uh, so yeah, so I guess to answer your original question, the what was the original about the Wonder uh, Woman movie I did enjoy, but then like once it like became like a fight sequence, well, I that, lost interest. That is also, I think that that's been the, the uh, that's a DC film obviously, but that's been the presiding wisdom about Marvel movies is that they really nail the first two acts. The first two acts are great, and then the third act evolves into obligatory CG fighting around a big laser. And I think that's true, and I've been honestly pretty fine with it because I've the only things that I really like in uh, superhero movies, the, in my favorites, are um, uh, I, I, the MCU, Captain America, and then in general, Spider-Man 2, and also Batman Returns. Um, <laughs> I like movies that really nail the tone, whether it's a realistic tone. I also love uh, Dark Knight, or whether yeah, it's just... Seem Dark Knight. <laughs> or, or whether it's just super kind of silly. But I also love it, and... This doesn't go with my Batman Returns uh, 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 choice, but I also love Batman they... Returns is the Jim Carrey one, right? No, that's no, forever. that's forever. Oh, Returns okay. is the Danny DeVito yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer yeah. one. That's a good one. That's probably um, the best one out of those. Yeah, but uh, but you know, I, well, I really love when they nail the main character, and I guess that movie nails Batman for just what it needs him to be. It doesn't try to have him be anything other than kind of the supporting character in that movie, mm-hmm. but like. Um, Spider-Man 2 and uh, Captain America, I thought so nailed those heroes. Like, I got those characters so much. And so the the weird thing to say, and I thought that about most Marvel movies, and the weird thing to say, and the very disappointing thing for me to say, uh, because I am legitimately disappointed, is that to me, Captain Marvel was the opposite. I think the second act and third act were, like, fine, um, it's hard to tell because I think the first act and how they handle the main character is so bad <laughs> that the second and third act are just a series of payoffs to setups that just did not happen. I sense a segue, John. I am segueing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Would uh, you like to lead us through the plot of this? Right, right. Epic. T- that that's our new format. All right. Uh, yes, I gave. I, I started doing final thoughts too early. All right, let's um. Uh, do okay. No, it's okay. We're working out the kinks. Guess. We're working the kinks. New format. All right, here we go. Um, we begin with 
Please take an inordinate amount of time <laughs> to explain well, the honestly, opening credits. I'm honestly trying to remember. The, it's actually, so we want to start doing more, like, plot synopsis of the show. But this is a hard movie to start with because the the plot, the, especially in the first yeah. act, is nigh incomprehensible. We start with a dream sequence. Flashes of, um, flashes of... Uh, Brie what? Larson's Carol Danvers, who we now at this point only know as Veers, on what appears to be Earth with Annette Benning, who has alien eyes, and uh, Veers, it should be said, also has alien blue blood. Uh, shooting, she's, she's a blue blood. She's a blue blood. She's a real austere. With Tom Selleck. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's. Uh, her father was a police officer. Her grandfather was a police officer. Now she's a space police officer for the Cree. <laughs> You know, it's in a blood, but blue blood. <laughs> um, I think that movie, that show does not take, does that show take place in New York? It does. It, okay, good. It My was, accent was perfect. It was, it was, when I was living in Astoria, it was frequently filmed there. Oh, I very know, fun fact. Guys, move to New York, you'll see the stars. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so she has this dream sequence. She wakes up in her uh, very much not-Earth space apartment. Some would say she lives in Gattaca. <laughs> she lives basically in Gattaca. Um, uh, and not just because Jude Law is there. Yeah. Um, a title card tells us we are on Hala or Hula or... Hala is the bread, I think. She is on No, I think it is I Hala. I think it was Hala, right? Yeah, which is the Jewish bread. Yeah. I- I think. Um, uh, and judging by the actual birth names of many of the original Marvel writers, that's very possible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's on Hala uh, with the Kree. The Kree aliens that I believe we first met in Guardians of the Galaxy. Who the fuck knows? I like these movies and I don't fucking know. Um <laughs> But that's the thing, I guess, to sort of to allude to our problems with the first half of this. Yeah. Like, usually the the movies have compensated for all, like, I guess, the sort of gobbledygook that they have to involve mm-hmm. with, like, a more compelling plot. Where here, like, I feel like the first act is just nonsense, like, talk. Yeah, okay, so we're... <laughs> We're gonna try to do more more plot synopses, but I just, so I just gotta say here's the information that the first act gets out. Um, uh, Veers is lives with Cree. They're aliens. However, Veers does not remember her past. She has amnesia past a few years ago. She also has some kind of powers. I don't know. She's some kind of soldier. I don't know. She's fighting in a war with the scrolls. The scrolls are shapeshifters. I don't know. It's all very poorly, uh, poorly also, explained. Also, Kree is controlled. They worship an AI machine. Then it's sort of like the mirror of Erised from Harry <laughs> Potter, where you kind of look at it and you see whatever your brain ser- sort of sees, whatever you want to see. Okay, this is called the Supreme Intelligence. And I want to get back to this in just a second. So um, this is going to feel like a weird digression, but I promise it'll make sense. Um, uh, 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 Chris and I have been watching like a bunch of Paul Verhoeven movies recently. Nice. And so, uh, just the other day, actually literally after we came back from this movie, we watched the first half of Total Recall. And I've been talking about how great Total Recall was. I hadn't seen it in years, but how, um, it's a great movie where they kind of like, uh, have a twist every like 10 minutes, but it all feels organic and you don't know what's real and it's great. Um, and I was talking about, like, you know, it's kind of like what Captain Marvel, I think, tried to do and failed. And I watched, we watched first uh, uh, watched first half. I swear, beat for beat, 
the opening of Captain Marvel is the same as the opening of Total Recall. Isn't the opening of Total Recall an ad for Total Recall? Here's how Total Recall begins. Total Recall begins with Arnold Schwarzenegger on Mars. There's a big explosion. He dies. It's confusing. Oh, no. And it's not an explosion. He trips and falls. Um, But, yeah, something bad happens and uh, death happens. And then he wakes up. It's a nightmare. He talks to Sharon Stone. We reveal kind of his life. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a TV screen uh, sharing information. He... Just as Brie Larson and Jude Law do, and Captain Marvel gets on a future subway and rides the subway while they give more exposition. But here's the big difference. In Total Recall, it's like the same series of scenes. However, um, they're both movies about a character who realizes their spoilers for Total Recall. I'm sorry. That their life is... <laughs> so many spoilers to so many movies. <laughs> that the life they know is a lie. And both, and it's a future world, and they both movies start the same way. However, there are a couple of big differences. One, Total Recall takes place on a just future Earth that we kind of understand. Um, uh, 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 Captain Marvel, in the same amount of scenes, tries to set up an alien world with an alien space force and an alien war that we don't, that is alien, literally alien to us, in mm-hmm. the same amount of scenes. Also, in those exposition scenes in the beginning, we are spending all of our time explaining uh, both the setting, the future setting, the only major difference, we have access to Mars, what's happening on Mars, there's a revolution, and also, most importantly, what Arnold Schwarzenegger's character wants and what's holding him back. Then we get that all. What do we spend like three, it felt like three minutes, probably like a minute and a half. What did we spend the entire subway ride in Captain Marvel, one of the first scenes of the movies, explaining to the audience? What was it? I forget. This fucking AI. Oh, yeah, the AI. We spend the entire like third scene of the movie explaining this shape-shifting AI that is fucking irrelevant. Yeah, it does it, not matter. It is barely relevant. I think it's only relevant in the sense that they establish that it shows you what you want, what your subconscious wants to see, which her subconscious wants to see Annette Benning, and we we're like, ooh, who is she? The first, but I mean, they could have they established that in the opening scene. Like they don't need that additional scene of her not knowing who I, that is. Here's my major question: Does the first half of this movie want you to think she's not human? Is that supposed to be a mystery? Because the first shot is her with blue blood. And it's a a weird thing because all of the marketing makes it very clear that she's a human Air Force pilot. And part of that might be because Marvel and Marvel and Disney had a financial deal with the U.S. Air Force, which is why uh, uh, we got all the great stuff about the Air Force in the movie and all the planes. But do you think, so the marketing clearly spoils that. My question is, do you think the movie wants us to know from the beginning she's human? I don't think so. I think they want that to sort of be a surprise, but I don't think that they like that reveal is paid off. It is so like it's so unclear and it would have been so much easier for the movie to just start. She's a she's a fucking creep. She's an alien. And I think they kind of wanted it, but the dream sequence is so... And she just immediately starts talking about, like, boy, I sure don't remember my past beyond six years ago. But she, as the movie is made clear, has no interest in learning about it. 
Yeah, I feel like had they, even if they wanted to keep the first half of the movie, they should have gotten rid of that dream sequence in the beginning. Yeah. And had her be like, this is insane. I This is the first time I've seen this AI and I see this weird woman. I don't know. That would have been way weirder because like to us, the audience, it's also played by Annette mm. Benning. So we're like, okay, so this must be important. So that clues us into that. But it's still... Because now, yeah, she's been on Earth. We do know she's significant. So then, like, when we see her again, it's like, I don't know. It's it, because then the movie goes into, like, an act of funny alien stuck on Earth business. In the 90s. Yeah, well, we got to that. <laughs> and it would be so much clearer if it was just, oh, it's an alien on Earth. However, well, here, what does what does Carol's, like, drive? What does she want? First of all, I just still can't get over the fact her name is Carol. It's insane. Well, the character's been around for a very long time. I, I took Carol is like such a mom. <laughs> anyway, but, uh, maybe that's why they made it a period piece. But like, <laughs> um, but like, and, and honestly, I hate to use these stupid like, like talk like I'm a fucking like Robert uh, McKee book or something. Use all this like uh, uh, st- like screenplay st- stupid talk. But like, seriously, who is she? Yeah, we don't really know much. Like, we don't really find much about her when she is in the first act on the Cree planet, right? So, like, once she gets back to Earth, she's still sort of a cipher. We we know that she's sort of, like, kind of a straight shooter, kind of a, a capable yeah. fighter. But, yeah, I don't know that we know that much about her. As you said... Like, it's not really clearly articulated that she needs to know what happened to her in the past. She doesn't seem... Well, we'll we'll get into that. But, okay. So, she wakes up. She goes to meet with basically her sensei-type character, her mentor, Jude Law. Uh, it They fight. It sets up that he thinks she's too emotional. Um, the movie... Would you say she's emotional in the movie? I don't fucking know. I feel like that is a metaphor for just women, like, being hysterical. Like, stop being hysterical kind of a thing. It clearly... What it feels like... We keep not moving forward in our (laughs) plot synopsis. But what it feels like to me is this the whole emotional thing. That's like a like a focus group said. Okay, what's like a thing that wi- that like will really resonate with women? And like oh, emotional, being too emotional. Oh yeah, it's like what they say say about like female po- politicians. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Too emotional. Let's put it that in there. Hey, should we have a scene where she has emotions or like feel like where we actually explain whether or not she like emotions are a good or bad thing or like they never find a way beyond like I honestly think this movie will work better as gifts separated <laughs> and used on message boards like later it's there's like an inspirational like hang in there type of poster well, no, like, seriously like <laughs> stuff with her being like like you know I don't think she actually says like I'm not too emotional or something like like yeah I wish they had I think they did have kind of a payoff with that stuff Mm. later on. I guess I'll bring it up when that happens. But you are right. I feel like they should have had a moment of just like even realizing that, oh, like being emotional is not necessarily bad. Like it's like she has this her big her big payoff line to a villain. We'll get to it is uh, I have nothing to prove to you. 
And it's like, oh, yeah, applaud. But I, in my head, I'm like, wait, when did she think she did? He, she did. When did he act like she did have something? What is that line? That line well, makes thought, more sense no, out thought, of the movie than in the movie. You, I think you... You have a point, but I also because like I don't think that relationship is developed enough for them to have like any sort of yeah. Uh, but he does in it's sort of a tell don't show way, like in their first fight sequence or maybe on the train. That's I think this he is does, Jude Law. Jude Law is a bad guy. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. But he does mention to her that like you are still like because you are too emotional, you still need to prove that you can be one of like in the Cree army and that you like yeah can be responsible not that like that's not her emotional arc so i don't even know why that really matters that's what anyway so uh they're fighting she goes to meet the supreme intelligence to i guess become to join his military force full-time i don't know uh supreme (laughs) intelligence takes the form of annette benning a woman from her dream she wants to know why supreme intelligence is cagey about it um, she says, oh, it must be a woman from my past, but I don't have my memories. I don't know. And then Supreme Intelligence is like, whatever, who cares? Be less emotional. Go kick some fucking scroll ass. And so they go out to an invasion. Uh, uh, they go out to fight some scrolls. And in what I think is the one, like, subtle setup that this movie has, uh, the Krees kind of seem like dicks. Yeah, that's true. Uh, there's a woman named Minerva, another <laughs> Harry Potter reference. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they are kind of dicks and they, these people seem to be kind of just like humble, like poor people that yeah. they decide to shoot up. They blow, first they're setting up the fact that scrolls can shapeshift, but then they also blow away a bunch of, um, uh, uh, a bunch of like seeming like poor locals in this, uh, edge planet that they view as being um scroll terrorists um but yeah it's all another thing like i didn't mean that they the kree characters seem like dicks because we're briefly introduced to her kree armed forces and once again at the end of the movie she's fighting them we really do not get a good a good enough feel for how she feels about any of these characters so when presumably they've been her teammates for the only life she remembers but right. when she fights them, she does not seem to care. And I guess it's okay because we barely meet these characters, even though they bring back, um, uh, oh, my God. What's what's his name? Uh Law? No, uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Lee Pace, the pie maker. I don't know oh, what his role no, is. No, also from Guardians. They do bring him back later. But um, uh, oh, uh, Giant... What? Who's Who are you, who are you talking about? The, the soldier, the Kree soldier. Oh, Jaimon Huntsu? Yes, yes. He was in the other movies? He's in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I missed him. Um, Presumably playing the same character. Um, But yeah, no, so uh, yes, because I think he was also a Kree soldier in that. Anyway, uh, uh, so they go. She ends up being kidnapped by Ben Mendelsohn as Talos. Can I briefly mention the fact that all the scroll look like villains from Buffy the Vampire? They 100% do. (laughs) The makeup on the scrolls would not be out of place. I'm not saying season one Buffy, but like season three. Yeah, yeah, when they had the budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the best season, the graduation season. Yeah, not one of their bad CG characters like that giant snake thing. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, like a good, like a good sort of like, 
uh, prosthetic makeup. This was like, oh, yeah. yeah, they had a budget for it. It just seems like very. Yeah, this, and, and this is like right at the end of WB. This isn't even CW. This is right at the end of WB. You mean UPN? <laughs> there was no CW. Oh, right. They moved to UPN. <laughs> they did. Oh. Veronica Mars was the one that like split. That's what UPN it was. That's what it was. Another great show. I'm sure we'll be reviewing the Veronica Mars movie soon. Is that actually? Oh no! I guess it's coming to they're Hulu. Doing, yeah, they're doing some kind of. Yeah, there's not gonna be a movie. Um, yet. I loved Veronica Mars and Buffy, but I really loved Veronica Mars. And what did you see the Kickstarter movie? Yeah, I I remember you not liking it that much. And, did you like it? Like. I enjoyed it as another thing I got about Veronica Mars. I can't say mm. that it was, like, the best thing. I do think the first book that they released, because there are two novelizations, yeah. the, the first one is really good. Mm. And if they had made that, and I think they actually the plot of the Hulu show is going to be based on the first book. Which is kind of encouraging because I thought the first book was well. That was my main enjoyable. problem with the the movie was that the the mystery was like I didn't give a shit. Yeah, there was too much love. It was too it, much but, for the supporting characters. But, but that show. I mean, Logan and Veronica. Which... Well, it's really the couple of our time. Uh, he was. I just I don't like. I mean, even on Buffy too. Like any time it was the spike. The Spike stuff. I was just like, ah, I don't care. Just two deeply unpleasant characters yeah. that got fort- that got <laughs> against the will of the writers, but only to appease the fans became the true loves of the main character. I know. This is, like, anyway. terrible. Anyway. Um, so she gets uh, captured by the Kree, who hook her up to some memory device, which very clearly just says she's a human, which, again, goes <laughs> back to my... Uh, big questions of, does the movie want us to know she's human or not? Seems like the plot would be better if we didn't know, but who cares? Um, they seem to be looking for Annette Benning, who appears to be a woman who lives on Earth and is from uh, uh, Veers' past as a human. We also see glimpses of um, a woman who appears to be uh, a good friend of Veers. Her um, goose. And uh, uh, and a cat named Goose. No, I said that she is her Goose. Oh, right, in the many Top Gun references. <laughs> yes. Um, we also get a glimpse of her dad being sexist, which uh, uh, checks two boxes by getting the feminist themes of the movie wants to do without really doing, uh, while and also answering why we never have to worry about seeing her family again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a strange. <laughs> That's it's efficient screenwriting. The movie doesn't have time for her best friend that it seems to think is an important character, so it definitely doesn't have time for the family. Um, so anyway, she lands on a planet called C fifty three. She escapes them using the powers that I'll be honest, Jude Law told her to kind of keep in check. Uh, she sometimes has when she gets emotional, she can shoot lasers, but she never seems that emotional. It doesn't seem to correlate. I don't fucking know. Anyway. She escapes and lands on C-53, which, wouldn't you know it, is planet Earth in 1995. It's our... Oh, my... Veronica, do you What's up? <laughs> AOL. Do, do, do. I don't know. <laughs> um, You've I got mail. If you enjoyed that series of 90s references, you may enjoy Captain Marvel. 
That is very true. I feel like the sort of we get a lot of them and they're also just like I don't know, just like varying degrees of oddness, I guess. I so in case you didn't know, you probably know. Everyone knows. I don't know. This is a 90s uh, period piece. It's a prequel to all the other Marvel movies. And we get into the um, uh, CGI effects at work. Uh, well, not uh, to all the Marvel movies. Wasn't there a Captain America in like, World War II? Oh, you're right. You're, tr- you're right. You're right. <laughs> My favorite one. <laughs> um, but no, we can't get there. A lot of people have been very... Uh, a lot of uh, the criticism that has been levied about against this movie has had to do with the... Um, kind of hack, uh, annoying on the nose quality of the '90s jokes, um, and I th- they didn't I didn't mind them that much. I actually my problem was that I think this movie in general tries to do too many things and kind of succeeds at none of them. And one of them is '90s comedy, '90s period comedy, and I think if they're gonna do it, they should have gone full like. They're in a middle ground right now where they're not really a 90s comedy, so the weird 90s jokes feel out of place because they don't have enough of them. Yeah. They're also not super accurate. Like, there oh, was... well, all the years are wrong. Well, yeah, like, the years are wrong, but also just there are easy jokes that they could do that people would really like that they kind of step over. Like, there's one, she's in an internet cafe researching the bad guy oh no she's researching and at benning i think because she remembered that in that like her when the aliens were controlling her mind that they focused on a, something on her badge that could tell her where she could find more information about annette and so she she is researching it like the information in an online cafe and we get like internet be slow jokes uh, or typing be slow to people or type super slow in this movie. <laughs> but then, like, she disconnects, and it seems like that's the joke. Whereas, like, I think the funnier joke would be, like, her attempting to reconnect, and then you would hear, like, the weird modem sounds. That, like, obviously not still the most original joke, <laughs> but, like, I feel like people could relate to that a lot more. Yeah, uh, think- yeah, it's like, I feel like they kind of, there's some stuff to mine there that they haven't been mining. Well, I think, it's, I, I think in general, unlike most Marvel movies, the comedy is not great here. And I think the jokes are in the script. It just feels like, well, part of it is that I none of the characters are really working for me. So a lot of their banter feels forced because I'm like, I don't really care about these characters. Mm. I don't care about that their little banter. Um, uh... And just some of the jokes just feel felt weirdly timed. I yeah, there were some timing issues. I guess we can get into that once we find out yeah. that her ungraceful fall onto a blockbuster video was witnessed by a rent a cop who calls the police. Who I guess called the FBI. And so, don't you know it? Who gets summoned? To arrest her, if not young Nick Fury and young Agent Coulson. Yeah. Uh, Both Samuel L. Jackson and Clark Gregg uh, reprising roles from previous movies, but now much uh, younger. Um, uh, um, This is like a uh, diehard with a vengeance era Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, he looks great. Okay. Samuel L. Jackson looks amazing. Clark Gregg. 
looks fine. I think they just adjusted a wig. Like, I don't think yeah. they did a lot. Well, yeah, him. it's not as much. There's, well, the, okay, so we've seen this effect in a few movies going back to Tron Legacy with the younger Jeff Bridges. And the, uh, I was going to say the fantastic Benjamin Button. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. the, what's it called? Uh, the, the beautiful Ben, or no, the curious? The curious case of Benjamin right. Button. Um, <laughs> but no, like this, like de aging using uh, uh, CG effects. We saw it in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 with Kurt Russell. We saw it in Iron Man 3 with Robert Downey Jr. And they'd be getting really good at it. And yeah. like Iron Man 3 was really impressive, but it still kind of had this gauzy feel to it, um, which I think you also kind of got in the Carrie uh, 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 Fisher and Rogue One. Oh, um, uh, although the, I thought that Peter Cushing was really was it Peter Cushing? I don't know, but um, but in this movie, I thought the Clark Gregg in a few shots, uh, the Agent Coulson still had a little bit of that kind of gauzy, oh yeah, I did uh, unreal thing. But Samuel L. Jackson was fucking seamless. It was so good. I I think we talked about this after the movie at the mm-hmm. bar about how they should just do this a lot like <laughs> well i don't know if that was my opinion <laughs> no that wasn't your opinion that was straight up something i yelled in the middle of a crowded bar <laughs> about how i want to see more movies with just like people i liked in the 90s when i also had the spare time to go to an insane amount of movies it was so good the only time i like for most of the movie i wasn't thinking about it no, which i think is the all. best thing you could say about a visual effect and it's great like wouldn't you want to see like fucking harrison ford and i don't know being young again i mean i'm i can't request caring yeah. about his role but like <laughs> at least looking young well a lot of uh, it has to do with with the actor and i think um despite how i think the movie lets down all its characters it's very clear that samuel jackson is having fun yeah and he's giving a lively performance that could be given by a much younger man and like um the, the only unlike time- his performance in glass <laughs> oh boy but um, I was I guess that was also to rebut your point I cared about Nick Fury a lot I wish that in I cared in this movie yeah I just I, I wished I'm glad that he gets a movie to be honest because I think he's a pretty interesting but character did you care about him because of anything in this movie or just no, residual just, feelings from previous films I I don't think it's residual feelings. I just think that I like that he got to do a thing where he wasn't... Just on screen for five minutes. Yeah, he wasn't as much of just... I feel like in all the other movies, he's sort of just like either bossing the superheroes around or dying. Like He doesn't really have that much to do. And here he was sort of like a partner to a superhero, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so I like that. I can't say, I mean, it's hard to care about anyone in these movies, but it, I mean, yeah, this movie didn't really make me want to care about. Well, okay. Again, so, so I'm coming at it from someone who's really enjoyed these films and didn't enjoy this one. Um, you say it's hard to care about any of them in these films. Have there been characters in Marvel movies that you've cared about more than this? Is this, is your feeling of kind of mehness about this movie uh uh is that unique to this film or is that the way you feel about superhero films in general uh i mean not superhero films in general but i guess like as i said previously like because the stakes are pretty low in these Mm -hmm. movies because they have to survive it's kind of hard to care about much i i like i mean i do legitimately enjoy the ones where Tony Stark has a lot to do because I like that character. Uh-huh. 
and I like Bruce Banner. Um, so yeah, like the emotional arcs of those characters, I think I like. I yeah, so maybe that I do like Black Widow. I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, so maybe those. But otherwise, yeah, I just would you fit? Would you say you you um, forget any of the the characters that are holdovers? Do you feel? Do you feel for any of the characters in this movie? With the the if, Jesus Christ, talk is the way you feel about any of these the characters in this movie on par with the way you feel about characters in other Marvel movies, or is it above, below? Yeah, I think it's definitely below. I I don't think they've created memorable characters mm. in this one for sure. Because I yeah I don't know that the I guess the pseudo villain the guy who we Mendelssohn yeah Ben Mendelssohn is like is someone that I necessarily really care about and I think that's the character they kind of set up for us to care about well I I think he's a character that by the end of the movie I understand the most about what they want asides from uh uh Monica but we'll we'll get back to her um so anyway (laughs) So, so Nick Fury shows up on the scene. He thinks this alien lady's crazy, talking about alien armies and wars. Um, and then she uh, runs off after a scroll. He chases after her with Clark Gregg until he realizes that, oh no, the Clark Gregg, and, and, and I thought a pretty fun little yeah, moment. Yeah, I thought that was a good one. Um, the Clark Gregg, this was like the one like shape-shifting, really fun thing they did. <laughs> the Clark Gregg in his car is not the real Clark Gregg. It is a scroll. They scuffle, have a big car crash. The scroll dies. Samuel Jackson now realizes, fuck, aliens are real. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the subway, Veers is in chase. Uh, she punches an old lady. Th- this whole part I like. This was fun. Um, they is fight this him. the only chase sequence in the movie? I'm sure there's there's some shit at the end, right? I mean, there's like a dog fight, I guess. Isn't aren't they? They're like kind of aren't they kind of chasing uh, Samuel Jackson and uh, and Monica around later mm. when they got the cat. I mean, inside. We'll get to it. We'll find out. We'll find I out. I mean, okay. <laughs> so far, the the score for number of chase scenes is one. Okay, Let's good. see if we can up it. Um. So, uh, she chases the scroll, doesn't catch catch him. Okay. When does she? Hmm. She she's already made a phone call to Jude Law. And this is yeah again where it's because I don't think the characters have like strong arcs or even wants or anything it's i'm getting a little lost on what happens when but she calls uh her mentor uh her superior jude law and he says hey watch out she's like no she is at what point has she realized there are signs that she may be human because she tells him there are signs i may be from this planet well i think isn't it when they go oh the memory she saw into the facility. Well, I guess, but I thought it was when she sees herself in the photo and the archive. That was at the bar. That was after. No, before. I think it's just because she got the memories. There are things in her memories that implied that she was human. Again, a big thing. She doesn't seem to give a shit. 
Yeah. Um, you'd think uh, as it like I've never had amnesia, but you think if you forgot your entire life when you first get the signs of that. Oh, hey, I found out that I used to live on this planet. You think you'd be interested in it, but she doesn't seem that interested. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she travels on. She goes to an internet cafe, hardy har har, looks up uh, Pegasus. Obvious joke missed. <laughs> Pegasus, uh, the name of the uh, something that Annette Benning worked for. And then she travels off to a bar where she finds a photograph of herself, I think. I think that's the order of I shit. think... It's not a photograph of herself. She sees a photograph of an airplane that looks familiar. And she's like, right. where was this filmed? And he's like, at an airport. You're right. I guess she's she sees the photo later. Anyway. Yeah. <coughs> and Sam Jackson shows up yeah. because he's been tracking her. And I would assume in full view of the bartender who is still around, they proceed to talk about alien invasions. He just waves <laughs> him off. I got the <coughs> excuse me. I got the implication that he's already been there somehow. This how he tracked her. But again, this is like a a, a little plot hole. I I don't give a shit. How he tracked her, I don't yeah. care. I honestly don't care. If the movie was working and the characters worked, uh, and, and I really cared about like her journey, his journey, whatever, and you told me, hey, you know, if you really think about it, there's really no logical way that he tracked her, I'd say I don't care. Yeah, that that's not as important to me either. Um, um, but but because it's like something it's like, yeah, how'd he get there? I mean, maybe there was an explanation. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't remember. We learn that uh, Skrull can, well, they can take your likeness. They can only remember very recent things mm-hmm. about you as they take your likeness, which is hashtag exposition for later. But not really, because the movie doesn't have, like, I'm sorry. It is exposition for one other scene. Shapeshifting war is cool. And this movie, that's just one of 30 things in this movie. So we barely deal with, like, a war against shapeshifters. You'd think you could do a whole movie. Great. You could. I just saw the thing on the big screen for the (laughs) first time. It was wonderful. Um, Anyway, uh... So now, um, now he's been shown that aliens are real. So Nick Fury wants to help this alien woman, Veers. And so they travel to the top secret Air Force base where the photograph was taken of uh, uh, the plane that Annette Bening, uh flew. It looks like the cave from Richie Rich. <laughs> <laughs> it is literally a, a layer inside a cave, which you would think would not be the best place to have airplanes, like. Wouldn't you want like open skies? But hey, who knows? <laughs> They're top secret. Uh, yeah, and so they go to investigate, but very quickly, once they tell the security personnel what they're after, they're being sequestered in some mystery room. Can they get out? Yes, they can. He does some fun espionage and she just blows a fucking hole in the wall. Very funny. Um, that sounds sarcastic. It was a fun beat. Anyway, so they go. They find some more information. They also find out at <laughs> some point during this, I don't really remember. They find out that um, uh, uh, there is a... Oh, that there was a plane crash um, involving Annette Benning's character who died, as well as a, an unnamed... It's redacted in the report, an unnamed fighter pilot. But in a photograph, they seem to get the implication that... 
the the pilot who died was actually Veers. And they also find out that there's a woman who was the last person to see uh, Annette Benning's character alive. And they go to find, they go to track her down. Her name? Monica Lambeau. Why did you do that in a southern accent? Her name? Well, they, I don't know. They go to Louisiana. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Uh, but not before they have another encounter with the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents who are now being led by a shape-shifting oh, right. scroll, uh, who is the actor Ben Mendelsohn, who is also semi-confusingly, I would say, also the person who plays the scroll when they're in their Buffy makeup. Yeah, this is a weird thing. We talked about this. Um, so Ben Mendelsohn is, I would say, like my favorite character in the movie. Talos, and he has taken the form of a human now, Nick Fury's boss. But Nick Fury's boss just looks like Ben Mendelsohn, who doesn't look that different from the alien form of Ben Mendelsohn, so it doesn't seem like he really shapeshifted. Is that like a a burn at the expense of Ben Mendelsohn? Well, no, I just mean like the makeup, the makeup's like, we, we're talking about it being silly. They, it's great in the fact that they can be really expressive in it, right. but like I don't know. It's a weird thing where there's like a reveal that he's actually Talos and any, I guess these movies are kind of for kids, but any adult could be like, well, clearly that's the same actor who was playing the <laughs> alien a minute ago. Right. Yeah, that's true. It's an, I guess it's an interesting choice, but it is also an odd choice because he does like take over the body of this person, like in the plot of the movie. So yeah, it, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah. So anyway, uh, pew pew, uh, <laughs> and they uh, hijack one of those planes that Carol remembers how to fly, and they off they go to the Louisiana swamps where they meet her friends. Do we see where she laid lands the plane? No, I thought that would have been so fun. Yeah, it's I, it's, it's funny. Oh God, you, you're talking about all that. I'm like, oh yeah, I really have. We just saw this a few nights ago. I know. And it is vanishing from my memory. Yeah. In a way that, like, I really do think that I could, as, like, separated and split up as all the characters are in Infinity War, I think a year later I could give a pretty okay plot synopsis of that movie. Mm. Anyway, um, so they go. Monica Lampo, we find out, is Veer's actual name, Carol Danvers. See what they did? Her dog tags got ripped apart when she was, when she crashed at the plane with Annette Benning. Yeah. And so the Cree retained the V-E-R-S from Denver's, and she had the second half of that, Carol Den. So that's, from what I gather, and, and this is the first Marvel movie where I knew zero about the comic character. Um, and at the end of the movie, I still did. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I think that was invented for the movie. That whole like veer, the idea of veers. I might be wrong. Mm. Don't fucking get angry at me. I don't fucking care. Um, hey, Twitter, lay off John. He's had but, a tough week. But I think I'm right. So I, I think like, so I think the movie really does want you to believe she's just Cree at the beginning. I, I, anyway, so I just yeah. think the pacing of that whole arc doesn't work. Uh, I, and the marketing I, ruined it anyway. Yeah. It felt like, 
I think I mentioned that to you after we saw the movie. Mm-hmm. But like all like the Cree stuff felt very much like the weird setups that you later realize are made by a child in the Lego <laughs> movie. Because it was like, yeah, this is the supreme intelligence. And this is this. And this is this weird word. And they do a bloopity bloop with a cupity cup. And like, that's what they get. And uh, it felt like that, but when, in a movie that's geared towards older people. Yeah, I think just lose the fucking dream sequence and just, or just, just spend the beginning of your movie just being like, she's an alien. Yeah, she's definitely an alien. She's in this alien army. She's in this alien army. That's all you need to know. And mm. then the first fun twist is, oh, they landed on Earth. That's very fun. Then you can get the start, of twi- start reveals of the twist of, oh, she wasn't an alien at all. She's actually a human. And I think they just don't, there's, like we talked about with Glass, there's, you can't sub, like, twick, twick? You can't trick the audience if you never fully get them to care about the first thing anyway. So it just doesn't feel fun when she... And she doesn't seem to give a shit that she's actually human, which we see. So she meets... See, that's another... I mean, I guess not to spoil Total Recall Mm -hmm. again, but they kind of do that part well. Because that is basically also the plot of Total Recall. And most importantly, so... Just the way uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Total Recall now meets characters from his former life, uh, Carol Danvers meets Monica Lampeau, her best friend. And um, the I, I apologize, I don't know the actress's name, but she gives, other than like Ben Mendelsohn, I thought, uh, and Samuel L. Jackson, like the best performance in the movie. Lashana Lynch. Lashana, uh, especially because how insanely underwritten this relationship is. Everything you know about their friendship is only sold from uh, Lynch's performance. It is not in the script. Mm -hmm. And they have Carol Danvers rightfully at the beginning be a little like, yeah, sorry, I don't remember you. So they used to be best friends, I guess. And she's like, I don't remember you the same way Arnold Schwarzenegger's like, I don't remember you to the woman he, I guess, used to have be romantically involved Uh, in our rewatch. We haven't gotten that far yet. But like. Then it just becomes so unclear. I guess she gets her memories back later, but it's unclear. You'd think that'd be important. I really don't know if by the end of the movie she remembered her life. Do you? Yeah, I guess no. I didn't think about that. Maybe? Who knows? The movie doesn't seem to care. She doesn't seem to care. But you'd think that'd be fucking important in a movie about an amnesiac. You'd think finding out your old life, it would be important. I would think that she doesn't, because otherwise it makes... I mean, okay, no, I'll I'll say that later. Because, like, her decision at the end makes very little sense. It makes no sense. I think yeah. I know what your decision you're talking about. Yeah. And we will talk about that. But, like, so we're about to come to the moment where she finds out that, A, she's human, and, B, she the, the Kree have been lying to her. Right. And that, that reveal is only about the Kree lying to her. Not... And you... Honestly, you'd think the fact that... So the fact that she learns she's human is really only wrapped up in this other reveal. So neither gets enough time or weight. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Monica Lambeau's there. Uh, her daughter comes out. Her daughter has so many fucking lines. This movie, <laughs> this movie's for kids. The kids will enjoy it. it, it just know the daughter She has a forever. lot of lines. Also, I would argue there's no way she would ever remember her in such detail. Oh, yeah, six years later? Yeah. I'm glad I don't know the daughter's like 13. But I don't know. She seemed like eight. 
But, I mean, she the, must have been older. The Lambeau mother and daughter just fucking dump exposition. <laughs> That's all they do. Um, uh, Lynch really sells it. The kid's a kid actor being a kid actor. I thought she was good. She it was is cute. fine. It's just yeah. like, yeah, give a 13-year-old actor five pages of boring exposition. You were my friend. Your name was Carol. You called me Lieutenant Trouble. We did this. We did that. It's going to be boring. Also, I stored a bunch of your stuff in her oh, attic. It's uh, it's just because, like, we don't, I don't know how Carol feels about this. Feels about meeting these people. Feels about any of it. Because the movie does not tell us. She well, seems like, it's like, she might as well just be like, thumbs up. You guys seem okay. Like, Well, I- here's a question. Do you think, is it a, der- where is that fault? That we don't know how she feels. Is it like in the directors? Did they? Is it in the performance that like we're not getting something from her the way that she acts? Is it just like the writers didn't care enough about it? I don't think we have the moments we need because maybe it's entirely possible this character does not care, and this character's like, yeah, maybe that was my life in the past, but it's not my life now, and that would help explain the fucking ending in the movie. Um, <laughs> but like, it's not my life now. And I'm sorry. I'm sure I was important to you, but right now I have a mission to do. And maybe that's and maybe she's only asking acting nice to them to get what she needs from them. I, I don't feel fucking like know. that's entirely no, too like, cynical for a yeah, Marvel movie. I feel like that's the wrong reading, but that is just as apt a reading as she fucking feels horrible that she hasn't seen these people. Because we don't know. And it's I, I don't think it's Brie Larson's performance. I think we just don't get a scene. We get stupid scenes with the daughter choosing what color her suit is. When we should get a scene where, like, I don't know, she just sits down and talks to Monica and s- says, like, I'm, I, clearly you were important to me. I'm so sorry. I don't remember you. I don't remember any of this. I know this is my home, but I don't feel it. Anything. Right. Like, I just tell, like, tell me how she feels about any single thing that happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And so it's very hard for me to get an understanding of who she is as a character and, like, like really care about what's happening to her. Because the movie doesn't have time. The movie's spending time explaining what a fucking supreme intelligence is, a character in two scenes of the movie, and instead of explaining what their main character wants and cares about. Yeah, but also, I mean, mean, not to shit on her, because that's not my place, but uh, have you seen Brie Larson in a good movie? Scott Pilgrim. And Short Term 12. I thought she was great in Short Term 12. I don't think she was that good in Scott Pilgrim. Oh, I think she's great in the end. I believe that's her actual singing voice. Well, we, I think we heard the song at, like, before, in the pre-show, which is, if you hear the original metric version... That's definitely not true. Well, yeah. like, that song, her <coughs> version is so... And I think that's sort of... <laughs> the metric version's better, but that's why she's an actress and not No, a... but that's exactly... I think that's the metric... That that dichotomy is symbolic of how I feel about her in general. Is in, whereas I hear the non-metric uh. version, other people re- react to it as if it's, like, the actual metric version, you know? Right. So... Oh, sorry. So, so, yeah, I just, like, and now that I think of it, I've not seen Short Term 12, mm. so she might be. But I've seen Room with, for which she won an Oscar, 
And I don't know. I've never been like in that movie. The Jacob Tremblay is way better than she is. I, I just I don't. So I guess as it relates to Captain Marvel, I was just like, I don't think she really has the charisma to carry that movie. So okay. So I think um, let's just see where where uh, where our opinions diverge. We're both in agreement. The movie does not do a good enough job. Exp- like. Telling us about this character, right? Yeah, no, I agree with that. Do are you saying you put the flaw primarily at at the performance? No, and not, I, at the... not primarily, but I think it's a contributing factor. Mm. Where I guess it's hard to sort of fault an actor about because if we are assuming that those scenes were there and the director chose to cut them or something like that, like you can't. You can't blame the actor for that, for not knowing what's going to be cut to have to compensate for and the rest of the scenes that are going to stay. Yeah. But, I mean, still, she'd like, with what was left on the screen, it she never really struck me as, like, a super captivating performance, I guess. I don't know. It's honestly hard to... Um hard to rate the performance because I don't know what character the movie wants her to play because I don't know anything about her. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so this, yeah. But they, wouldn't, again, wouldn't that be a thing you would ask your director? Well, yeah, I guess. So, yeah, we don't know where the where the initial, where the original sin came. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I that's the thing. I feel bad laying that at her feet. Because mm-hmm. I don't think that it's for I I don't think she cares even like half the blame. I mean, the majority of the blame is elsewhere. But I I think that just perhaps a different actress might have been able like yeah. to wring more out of it than she did. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Anyway, so Talos... And I mean, yeah, and it's not like I have, like, someone in mm-hmm. mind. It's just, like, the right. general, yeah. So Talos, Ben Mendelsohn shows up, the scrolls show up, and uh, they have a de- uh, tense tete-a-tete, detente, I don't know, whatever. Detente? Um, or tete-a-tete? Are either of those right? I don't know if I can I mean, they're both right, but I don't know which oh, one good. Uh, uh, and I think you mean detente, because I think tete-a-tete is just like a... a chat? Yeah, I think it's okay, like... Okay, good. Yeah. A detente. Um, <laughs> so uh, he shows up, and they uh, he says, I, I have something for you. It's the black box to the plane that you crashed on. And they listen to the black box, and then somehow also see the past. And this, this is just... This one part was just plain bad storytelling. <laughs> Basically, we see the cra- Annette. It turns out Annette Benning um, revealed to the human uh, Carol six years ago, who was training to fly her experimental plane. That sh- that she Annette Benning was actually an alien trying to create this fast hyperspeed jump so they can use to end this space war. And she's been found out, and so she. She needs to escape. And it turns out that she was a Cree who had decided that the war against the scrolls was actually uh, evil and she had been fighting for the wrong side. The uh, Cree, including Jude Law, came, shot them down. And then as they were about to get the engine of the plane, which uh, Annette Benning wanted, um, Carol Danvers, realizing these aliens were bad, shot the engine 
it exploded, gave her her powers, and wiped her memory. Although I think it's implied that Kreese also did something to her memory. I don't fucking know. Um, but yeah, so it is insane that all this information was imparted by the black box. But whatever. Yeah, like what is the <clears throat> radius of the black box? None of these... Jude... Like, yeah, but it, like... Jude Law's relationship with her is probably her most important relationship that we get. But I still don't know how she feels, uh, like, how much she feels about him betraying her. I don't know how she feels about about any of this. She apologizes to the scrolls, but, like, her final choice in the movie seems to be, like, my best way of justifying is that she feels guilt. But we never really see her doing anything bad to the scrolls, aside from just fighting on the war that they also were fighting in. Right. So I so anyway, here's the big twist. Um which like a lot so like all the feminist stuff, it really only it doesn't work in the movies. It only really works if you are looking at it as a metatextual movie made in 29 in which things like emotions are talking about in the feminist sphere. This twist only really makes only really works for you if you're a longtime comics reader and go, oh wait, but the Krees are the good guys in the comics. This is different. <laughs> it's like I don't care, and so I don't care. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I I'm, I don't, I'm ranting more than I mean to. In my well, synopsis. I just like I assumed. Also, I don't know. After seeing Spy, I assumed Jude Law is a bad guy in every movie. When he's like on a team, I assume he's gonna betray the team. So I I mean I don't know if it was that movie, but I assumed he was the bad guy from the get go. <laughs> he was just like acting weird, and so I can't even say that that surprised me a lot. And yeah, as someone who doesn't know what Cree is yeah. outside of. I guess it's a, I guess it's a Native American tribe, so I do know it from there. <laughs> but in terms of comic, I don't know are they if they're traditionally bad or good guys. So they the scrolls are like classic just bad aliens who are shapeshifters. They're just from like the sixties and they're just the bad guys. I feel like that's probably a commentary on our current American engagements in the oh, Middle East. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, okay, so the the only way this works, again, it's, it's metatextual. It only works. So actually, I was wrong. It doesn't just work on the Marvel thing. Um, on the, whoa, um, Annette Benning was Marvel. He's a dude in the comics. It doesn't just work on that level. It also, the movie becomes a, 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 a refugee statement, uh, a political statement, and stuff like that. And again, it only works as its own, like, at, that's one of the only levels it works on. Um, Oh, can we also briefly mention, because you mentioned Annette Benning, that I think immediately following this scene, yeah. there's a scene <laughs> of her entering. So this is another, this is the third Harry Potter reference I'm going to make in this episode. But she's basically entering that weird netherworld of King's Cross and the Deathly Hallows. Do you remember that? When Harry Potter chooses to die? I don't know. I guess, spoiler for the Deathly Hallows. <laughs> but Harry Potter chooses to die, and so Voldemort kills him because he knows that's the only way to destroy the last Horcrux, which is him. And uh, so Voldemort kills him, and instead of dying, he goes into this sort of 
in in between where it's just Voldemort in this or uh, just Dumbledore in this vast space and Dumbledore gives him a lot of exposition about <laughs> how this could have happened. This is literally that scene with Annette Benning and Captain Marvel. Yeah, the I don't even remember how. How did the Crees capture them again? Uh the Crees, oh, they end up going up to the spaceship. They figure out the spaceship. So they follow them. Why do they go up to the spaceship? Uh, so there's one of them waiting. I don't know how they find the spaceship. That's a good question. I know that they escape. Oh, and the okay. Arrives. I remember what it was. They go there's to. There's someone to distract them. They go to the coordinates, the coordinates that Annette Benning have been hiding that the crew are trying to find. It turns out they weren't looking for. Uh, uh, the uh, for a weapon, they were actually looking for the space station where a bunch of scroll refugees have hidden. Right, and but how Kree did the follow, Kree know? Th- the Kree follow them there. But how do they know who to follow? They're in the sky. How do they find them? I, it doesn't matter. Who cares? The Kree's <laughs> capture them again. Yeah. And that's when she is put in this mind prison where she talks to the Supreme Intelligence again, where we, yeah, we do the Deathly Hallow scene uh, set to Naruto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this time it's not a joke. That's yeah. what it is. And they talk about it, and it's a, a bad scene that doesn't matter. <laughs> we see an Air Force commercial. Okay, so like, I have seen people on social media. Um, I've seen uh, women who really responded to this moment. It's in the trailers. It's a montage of Carol throughout her life falling down and standing back up. D- I, did, I, I did not respond to it, but I'll admit I'm not a woman. Whoa. <laughs> uh, did it work on any level for you? I mean, I know what it was going for, but I can't say it personally worked for me. But... Yeah, there was a moment like that in Buffy where they did that. Do you remember that? Where she's like, there are all these other slayers in the world. Oh, at when the she, end. Yeah, yeah. When all, they, all, of the sla- all the potentials get their slayer power. Yeah, yeah. I th- it felt very much like that, but with one woman. Well, it's also, it's like getting back up was Captain America's deal. Like, we've seen it in multiple That's movies. True, yeah. It's why um, we. It's why the big, a big fight scene he has in Infinity Wars... He's like powerful, I, if I remember correctly. I said I remember that movie perfectly. <laughs> anyway, um, but like, yeah, it didn't matter anything to me because also we've never seen that falling down is like a fear or flaw she has. Um, so Right, and we only saw it with the scene with her dad, but that's about it. Yeah, I, I, so this is a quote from, um, uh, uh, from the uh, IndieWire review of the movie by uh, David Earl... Uh, how does he, does he pronounce his name, Ehrlich? I think it's Ehrlich. He's yeah. the one whose uh, compilations of Best of the Year I praised in an earlier oh, yeah. episode. He's great. He's got a lot of hits. Um, but so he, his description of this movie, I, I this one this one part of this, which I lost because I was looking for pronunciation of his name. Oh, no. Um, uh, okay, yeah. I think this is the perfect encapsulation of the movie's problems. And it goes into why this scene, which the movie wants, really wants you to stand up and cheer, doesn't really work to me. It's, despite never being vulnerable, Carol learns that her vulnerability is not a weakness. (laughs) Despite never being weak, Carol learns that she doesn't need permission to be strong. Despite never being unique, Carol learns that she's just another Avenger. (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's... 
all these heroic moments, but they don't have any connection to anything we've set up earlier in the movie. Right. So it's like, why? Okay, she sees a bunch of times in her life that she stood back up after falling down. Great. Sure. But I was that a problem she was having before? Like, was there ever a scene where she was like, oh, boy, I don't want to fly. I always crash planes. <laughs> like, it's... Yeah. I, yeah, it is. It's trying. It is. I guess this would make sense if you are a long-form improv student. But, you know, sometimes when you sort of, like, you you are starting a scene and you assume that just like everyone knows what's going on uh-huh. so you like neglect to establish anything and you are like jumping on to the exciting thing right away and the audience doesn't laugh and you're like why aren't they laughing cuz like they're not like they're with you yeah. like you still have to do the work of establishing the thing for you to have a payoff cuz like otherwise like, you're not on the same page. It's like the movie just expects us to go, oh, it's that scene. Good. Exactly. Good. Yeah. Right. But there's nothing in the preceding movie to actually let us know that we are supposed to be on the lookout for and this. And then she uh, then she pulls off her neck thing, which apparently was keeping her powers in check. Um, I, I don't... Maybe I missed it. Like, I know we saw that a few times, but, like, when she's suddenly like, oh, I bet this is keeping my powers in check. That's not her exact line, but she does have lines that are that clunky. At one point, she literally says, enough of these mind games. To a villain. <laughs> um, enough of these mind games. Um, but so she pulls it off. Then she has all of her powers. She fights what were her, her mentor and her former teammate's does not seem to give a shit. Uh, that's okay, because we didn't give a shit either. We barely know these characters. Right. She fights them. She escapes. Samuel Jackson and uh, Monica, who are also in space, escape. The cat is revealed to uh, have tentacles in its mouth. Yeah, I don't think we established the cat. So it so, is a fun thing, but yeah, it has nothing to do with plot. And but it is. Uh, I mean, I it think does like. have yeah. to do with the plot. What's an oh it, that it eats the MacGuffin? Yeah, that's yeah sure. Yeah, and I mean, but yeah, I I forget when the cat is introduced. Did they, do they, they find, find it on it the base? They find it in the Pegasus headquarters. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So they find and it on the base. And it's in an earlier memory where it's I guess implied that it, it's Annette Benning's like either pet or bodyguard. Right, and. Yeah, and it is then set up that Sam Jackson really, really likes it, but the scroll are, in kind of a funny thing, are afraid of the cat, which was very cute. And then it is revealed that the cat is actually a monster that I guess the scroll are aware of, and that's why they're duly afraid. But Sam, which I thought all that stuff, I like the cat stuff. Yeah, no, the cat stuff was was fun. And I see some people complain about, so the reason Nick Fury doesn't have his second eye. Oh, no. But (laughs) yeah, the cat, after a bunch of near misses uh, hurting uh, Nick Fury's eye, he actually loses his eye because the cat alien scratches it at the end of the movie. I saw some people complaining about that. Like, I thought it was fine. It's fine. I, I yeah I didn't have a problem with it I I was confused because I was like is that how he's losing his eye it seemed like his reaction at the time that he was scratched was not enough for someone who's losing their eye <laughs> and I gotta admit I solely based that off of that scene in Kill Bill Volume Two where, <laughs> so, where Daryl Hannah's eye yeah, is plucked out 
So I, that seems to me like an apt reaction to losing an eye. So his reaction. But then well, I think I, it was infected. Yeah, so yeah. I think, yeah, someone at the bar said that, yeah, it was infected, which makes more sense. Um, but yeah, so then um, she has a last uh, last fight with uh, um, with Jude Law, where he pretends to gaslight her one once more. That this which was, was also good. It was a good subversion. I like that. It one. was fine. I just wish we cared, had yeah. cared more about this relationship. Again, it's like I have nothing to prove to you. Is her line, and I just don't. I'm like when. Did we think she did? I Yeah. I think it worked on sort of like an Indiana Jones mm. thing of like this insane like martial artist comes at you and you just shoot him. Oh, I like that so, moment. Like, yeah, so I thought like that moment worked, but yet the emotional the, part of that yeah. it didn't matter. Like I was all honestly dreading when when they sort of both fell onto earth and it's set up as a duel. I was like, oh man, not another fight scene. And so it, I was also relieved that we didn't need to have a prolonged one. So Yeah, like I said at the beginning, this I don't think really has the third act problems that a lot of Marvel movies does. It just, the, the fine stuff it has doesn't mean anything to us because it's not well set up. Did you, um, oh shit, what was I about to ask? Oh, da, 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 da. so they... F- Fight! Oh, fudge! I don't remember. What fudge! I was, fudge! I don't remember. What I was well, about maybe to ask. this will come back to you. Is like, there... So they come down. They have the duel. What were you just talking about? Uh, this is exciting for the podcast. Oh, the fact that I was glad that the fight scene was very short. <laughs> oh, her saying, uh, uh, "You don't. Uh, I don't have anything to prove to you." Did it seem in the beginning of the movie that she was like? Like, aiming for his approval in any real way? Well, it seemed like there was that dynamic. Like, she was aspiring to perhaps have a bigger role in the army. And he was sort of her supervisor. And he was doubting her abilities. So I guess there was some of that. But but I got more of a star pupil. Like, you're going to be amazing. Like, not mm. a I'm holding you back vibe. Well, it, maybe it was mostly because of, like, when whenever her hands would light up, he was like, uh-uh-uh, without the hands. Yeah, maybe. Just, but then don't... again, the thing is, is that, like, he is, we, he is set up in the beginning. So there are a few scenes with him. Then she calls him twice. But that's really the extent of him until he is revealed to be a villain. So there's not like a whole lot for us to really latch on to that relationship. And the scenes, that the beats that we do have don't really establish it. And I'm not saying that they should have had more. It's just like they could have established, if that's what they wanted, they could have done it. I had a a thought I had, because again, I think the movie just tries too much and none of these things work. Like if this wasn't an MCU movie, don't, like, if someone just wrote this script as its own story, uh, alien army woman comes to Earth, finds out that she's an Earthling, don't you think Lambeau, Monica Lambeau, and Nick Fury would be the same character? Probably. Just to save time. Yeah, I can see that. But then again, there were my two of my favorite things in this movie, so yeah. I feel bad saying it. Um, but yes, but, something, something yeah. needs to go. And I go back and forth the next, then I'm also like, uh, do you want to have... Because it's like, they also want to be a buddy cop movie. Right. Yeah. And also do the amnesiac story. And also do the shape-shifting conspiracy. 
Yeah, these movies are too long. Um. Anyway, so she saves the day, and then in oh, this thing we keep alluding to, yeah. they have to explain why she hasn't been in any of the other Marvel movies. She says to everyone, "Fuck you! I don't care about my past as an Earthling. I don't care about you, Monica. I don't care about you, Nick. I also don't care about the Crees. Whatever you guys can fuck off." I'm now going to devote my entire life to helping these scrolls I just met find a home. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's a fine egalitarian goal. But I feel like if you just found out that you belong in that a your entire life was a lie. world, yeah, wouldn't you want to just like kind of stick around, maybe catch up for like a few days at least? And I think they really could have sold that and made it almost like a tragic ending if they had sold the idea that like she feels no connection to this place, that this is her home. And maybe this is what they're going for. I don't know. But like this is like, I guess her home, but it's really not anymore. She has no home. Her memories are gone. But that would have been easier to do if I had any good idea of how many memories she has at the end of the movie. Does she have some? Does she have all? I don't know. Yeah, we don't really know. Uh, I mean, maybe they intentionally left it open-ended to yeah. like have plausible deniability in when she comes back in Avengers Endgame. Avengers Endgame. She'll be there. I'm sure we'll get to talk about that movie uh, I think we've I think we've uh, talked about the plot here. Let's do a uh, let's do a little a little a little uh, grading. All right, let's uh, grade this thing. All right, a you ready? Bit. All right. All right. Three, two, two one. C. I was gonna say C plus, and then I stopped. I will say C plus. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, our our usual one away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have never had one never where we had, had a the same grade. Wow. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I think we talked a lot about our feelings about it. Um, it's not bad. It's fine. And yeah, they're all our beats at work. It's just like the the stuff. It's really you get a first act that makes me care, like both understand who she is and care about her. And care about what she wants, mm-hmm. like, and it's. I have no problem with Brie Larson's performance. I just don't know who this character is. Well, it's just I read another review by a film critic I like, who's, I just I can't recall which review it was, mm. but he said, you know, finally now also the women get to get what the dudes got a mediocre Marvel movie, <laughs> and uh, it's beautiful. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Better. No, I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, I think that sums up about how I feel about this movie. All right. Yeah, it's uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, we, we've watched three superhero movies so far for this podcast. Oh, God. Uh, would you like to, to rank them? I think I would have a pretty easy time yeah, saying Spider-Man v- way above everything else. Yeah, I think and Spider-Man then, followed by Venom. Yeah, I think I like like. <laughs> Venom's a stupid, stupid movie, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I had more. I mean, it's not that I necessarily cared about Eddie Brock. Is that his name? Yeah. Uh, in Venom, but I don't. I it didn't feel like I needed to at the end. There was no searing montage of him getting up, <laughs> just like he did before, um, or like before just, he, he made Michelle Williams lose her job. Yeah. 
Um, oh, God. Uh, that movie you, was fun. So, uh, as always, what do you think? Um, why did America make this number one? Not just number one. This was a big fucking hit. $155 million in America and 450 worldwide? This did gangbusters. I'll be like very curious to see if it has really long legs. I just don't. Like, like. I didn't, <laughs> like. I didn't see Wonder Woman, but I feel like uh, like people seemed way more positive about that movie than the, the people I've talked to who saw this one. So I don't know if this one will. Did How much did Wonder Woman make? Uh, did Wonder Woman? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I feel like that's the kind of an obvious comparison I want to that be box clear, office mojo have. I want to be clear. I'm only comparing Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel together. I'm not being reductive. I'm only doing it because I hate women. Uh-huh. Thank you for that clarification, <laughs> John. Uh, interestingly enough, Box Office Mojo has a comparison with Rogue One on this one. Why? And I don't know. But Rogue One... So this actually made $153 million, mm. and uh, Rogue One made $155. Uh, so... Uh, America feels the same about the first mer- uh, female Marvel-led movie as they did about the first Star Wars spin-off movie. Uh, I guess uh, Wonder Woman made a hundred and three million. So to start, 50- but then again, so America likes Marvel a third more. Well, well, Wonder Woman also. Wonder Woman was coming off of. Uh, you know, I think there were tons of people who were very hesitant after the DC movies up until that point. This you was, are correct. That um, is very true. Uh, uh, but like, from what I remember, Wonder Woman stayed there for a while, right? Um, let me. I will tell you in a minute uh, that it stayed number one for just two weekends. And then two for two more. Mm. But then it did four and three again. Which is a rare thing to bounce again. So, do you? Um, so, coming to this movie, do you? What do you think was uh, drove? Because this was a pretty. I I would say. Well, it's, she really came into prominence after the the Marvel became much bigger than it was. But I would say this is like Captain Marvel's definitely in the public consciousness pretty low. I would say somewhere between a Guardians of the Galaxy, more than that, but below an Iron Man, even. Yeah, is Captain Marvel the most prominent female Marvel? Character? She is, but only like in recent, uh, like the recent decade. What was their Wonder Woman? Is there like a they uh, they uh, and uh, comics fans don't hate me. I'm not an expert. <laughs> Um, there really wasn't not like a, a a series banner. So Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel was Shazam, oh. the character that has his own movie coming out soon, which I'm, I'm excited very excited about. about. Yeah, it looks very um, cute. That that'll be the first DC movie I got to see. Uh, Shazam. Uh, uh, so that character existed. Then they uh, then he, they were sued for it being too close to Superman, and it ended. Um, and his name was Captain Marvel, but his catchphrase was Shazam. Oh. Uh, the, the publishers were accused of ma- the character being a ripoff of Superman. But why? Isn't it about a kid who turns yeah, into Yeah, I don't Shazam? know. But I, maybe that's not, like, the the only reason. But eventually oh, the company, like, st- went out went about this. But later was purchased by DC. Oh. 
But in the meantime, Marvel, the growing company, realized that there was no one using the name Captain Marvel. And it was in the, you know, people remember the name and also their fucking name is Marvel Comics. So they created their own Captain Marvel character. So then when DC bought the company that owned... Um, uh, that had originally published it, and they brought that character back. They then called him Shazam. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, a lot Cap- of shenanigans. <laughs> but Captain Marvel was a dude for years, and then there was a Miss Marvel, his like female counterpart, well, and that was Ka- uh, that was Carol Danvers. I thought, oh okay, because there's now a comic with Miss Marvel that's a Muslim girl yes. that is getting great reviews. Yes. So years later. Right, but that is the same character, technically? No, Captain Marvel died. So Captain Marvel is a a guy named Marvell, who Annette Bening played the the movie version of. Okay. (laughs) Um, But he was a superhero, and he had uh, other super friends like uh, Miss Marvel. Then he died of cancer. Um, And so his character went away, and then they decided, oh, it'd be fun. Let's make Miss Marvel the new Captain Marvel. So this was like 09, I think, sometime around then. Uh, Carol Danvers, who at that point was just being called like Carol Danvers, um, be- I think, began calling herself Captain Marvel. Oh. And then in recent years, this other character, whose name I don't remember, picked up the mantle of Miss Marvel because she's like a fangirl of Captain Marvel. Interesting. See, I feel like Miss Marvel is too close to Miss Marple, and I almost <laughs> want her to solve crime on the British countryside. Well, you don't read the comics. You might do that. Oh, man, if she did, I would read the comics. <laughs> um, uh, why, why do you oh, think? I guess that was, I never you, answered. Yeah, why or did, were, was this, were people, com- were people just really hungry for um, a female-led uh, Marvel movie? Was it uh, the marketing? Was it just an overall allegiance to the Marvel movies in general? What? what cause uh, this is a big hit. I think it's probably the first and the third. Like, yeah, I think people are excited about female superheroes now. It's kind of like, I mean, the woke thing to do, but also, yeah, mm-hmm. about time. So people want to see that. And I think... Yeah, has there been a Marvel Cinematic Universe that has not been insanely successful? I feel like they're all... I mean, there are ones that had lower. Right, but recently? I feel like I feel like every new what Marvel did, uh, movie what opens the, with some sort of What did the Ant-Man movies open to? I guess that's a good question. Um, yeah, I don't know. It feels like... I feel like there is... Just the built-in Marvel thing. And then I feel like what might take it over the edge for this is because it's a female superhero. Yeah. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp made 75 opening weekends. Yeah, that's a sequel. Yeah, and the first Ant-Man made 57. Oh, yes, yeah, so this made three times the original. Yeah. Um, but then, like, I don't know. I feel like Ant-Man is... But that, yeah, that had Paul Rudd. But you know, I, I think mean, he's a how much star is he? I love Paul Rudd, but I don't know that he's like super recognizable. Well, she's an Oscar winner, but I think he's more like pu- public consciousness recognizable than. I might be wrong about that. I don't know. That's just no. I, I just think that like it is kind of an exciting thing to have like a first female Marvel mm-hmm. superhero, whereas like there's nothing, and I'm sure there are fans of Ant Man, and he has many wonderful qualities, but I feel like. 
to someone who's not who is not a consistent reader of superhero comics mm-hmm. like seems like he's just another one of them you know so it's less interesting than like say i don't know an iron man movie or yeah captain america or i i agree i think as uh carol danvers has grown because marvel's really pushed her uh this character in the past decade um but i still don't think she's in the public consciousness that like uh, that many people were just fucking dying for uh, a Captain Marvel movie. But also, this is like the first. But no, no I guess that's what I'm, I, I agree with you. I think it wasn't the character. I think it was the fact it was just Brie Larson on those posters yeah. as a female-led Marvel movie. No, but I was also just gonna say, like, what other good movies have been out? Like, I mean, How to Train Your Dragon. That was fine. And Glass. Well, those were, like, the big movies. I think just people just want to go... This is the first superhero movie of the year, also. Well, every every screening of Climax was sold out in their, <laughs> their local... Yeah, group. they were like, we really must see some French kids dance. <laughs> but in the absence of that, we'll settle for the first female superhero. Uh, oh, what did you think of the, uh, the Marvel tribute to Stan Lee? Oh, I thought that was all very cute. I loved yeah. the beginning. I loved the cameo. I thought that was wonderful. Yeah, I thought that was very, very sweet. That was, I leaned over to a friend of ours and said, I will go on the record saying that this is my favorite part of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, the cameo or the the opening credits? The opening credits. I was like, I'm pretty oh, sure I will enjoy this the most. Well, tang it for what you will. Cl- clearly, Veronica was not coming in here thrilled to see this movie. No. Um. Uh. But I, I, I am a, a Marvel fan. But I really d- didn't wasn't that excited about it. But then again, I'm a dumb old dude. So what the fuck do I know? But also, then again, I gave it plus more than you did. Yeah. Yeah. So clearly. Uh. All right. So that was our first new format episode. Whoa. I know. One movie, the whole episode. What do you think about that, dear listener? Yeah, please let us know. And while you're doing that, if you want, knowing that we have another episode just next week, because we got this new format, we can let you know what movie we're going to do, and you can watch it. Yeah. We could have done it earlier, but for some reason, we never did. (laughs) What? At the beginning of the episode, let people know? Or post it online or something? Yeah, or like said it in the previous episode because we know the past. <laughs> You're right, because we are time travelers. We have the power. All right, well, we're, we can fucking do it now. Next week, <laughs> we're going to be doing the number one movie of uh, the third weekend in March 1999. Anyone remember what it is? You got five more seconds. Analyze this. Billy Crystal, Robert De Niro, mafia, comedy, like The Sopranos, but different. (laughs) Very different. (laughs) Um, uh, I think that wraps this up, right? Yeah. Until next week, John. To the past. We got to get to 1999. It's it's your kids, Marty. (laughs) (laughs) What? Dude, dude. Hello, time travelers? Yeah, hello, time travelers.